Hello, this is G.E. Shaw, and this is S-I-M-E Mixar Radio. And on today's program, we'll be bringing you the world of the paranormal with Nico Fontaine. And on this episode, we'll be talking to him about his beginnings, how he got involved in research, investigating, and things of that nature. And we'll talk about some of the stuff he's doing now. This is G.E. Shaw, and this is the world of the paranormal with Nico Fontaine. Okay, hello there. This is G.E. Shaw, and this is Mixar 24-7. And we have in the studio today a good friend of mine. And a new host of the world of the paranormal, Mr. Nico Fontaine. So how you doing, Nick? I'm doing great, GE. Thanks for having me on the show. So, we played a couple of your promos, and we just did the premiere show of the Ghostbusters. Yes. So, what do you think about... No, better yet, let's go back. How did you get into this? So, kind of interesting story. So, um, earlier uh, in my life, I had experienced a few paranormal events. Let's 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 say, and, and you know, as a child, you kind of like brush them off as like just being some crazy stuff as you experienced as a kid. Uh, later on in life, I met up with my friend Chris, uh, who helped me start out my ghost organization. Uh, literally, just based off of a conversation we had, we realized we had similar. Um, events happen in our life so you know seeing that there was somebody else that had the same interactions we felt comfortable talking to each other about it long story short in 2009 we started a group uh, called FRAT which uh, stands for Paranormal History Research and Analysis Team um, in Orlando Florida since then we have like eight or nine chapters around the US now and like I said ten years later I'm still doing it um, seen a few interesting things, man. It's uh, it's been a good ride. Okay, so not to compare you with the infamous TV show that's on right now, Ghost Hunters. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you guys, in retrospect, compare or contrast to the Ghost Hunters? Ghost Hunters, yeah. That's a really good question. So, like, with Ghost Hunters, uh, the show, which I think is actually a pretty good show, um, there's obviously a lot of stuff that's thrown in there to make it interesting for television. I will tell you right now, on investigations, there's a lot more time spent being bored than being astonished. So, I mean, let's let's be real. So, <laughs> um, a lot of the stuff that they go through, I think the, the, the biggest mentality with it, too, is when you go out there and investigate, and they do this as well, um, that you have to go out there as a skeptic. So our job is to basically disprove the claims. Right. And once we hit a point where we're unable to disprove it, that's when we capture true evidence. Um, and then ourselves are even astonished as much as the uh, clients that we're investigating with. Okay. Now, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. See, I'm not no professional per se. <laughs> It's fair. But I am into sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So basically, the reason I was intrigued with that and was intrigued with you when you were talking about it, because for the most part, I am always been intrigued with life, death. I'm a poet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think I have too much of an intrigue in death. Mm-hmm. Because some of my poetry is very dark. In saying that, the couple of times I've seen the ghost hunters, the one thing I have always wondered, they tend to at least investigate, at least what I've seen, mm-hmm. big early old mansions or old either restored hotels, Things of that nature. And I have always been under the belief 
certain things you don't really want to mess with. You know, sometimes, what's that saying? Uh, let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so when you see these guys bringing in all these cameras, um, sound recorders, uh, what is it, e EFT? Or uh, I always get it wrong. EMF detectors. EMF. EVP recorders. Uh, recorders. I always get them mixed up with the EMT. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> acronyms. All right. And they place them all over the house. Mm -hmm. The thing that always gets to me, man, is the fact, why you want to wait until the nighttime to come in and put this stuff up? Me, personally, I'm like this. It would be the same thing if I was hunting a vampire. I ain't going down there, <laughs> you know, when I know that's their time to pray. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure I got everything put together before I do that. Mm -hmm. So, why is it, especially if the individual or individuals or group is coming to you, mm -hmm. why come you can't go in there early enough, set up, before you do your investigation? Because for me, I think when you do it at night, you're not familiar with the place. You know, they give you a little brief mm -hmm. historic thing about it. But you don't want... Why are you going to walk in there and put stuff up in the middle of the night? I mean, that's like asking for trouble, man. Yeah. Well, like, so a, a lot of stuff that they tend to skip over. So in the actual field, we do go out there and conduct a preliminary uh, investigation. So we'll interview who we're talking to. Um, so whoever the, the client is, get a grasp of what they're experiencing, where they're experiencing it. And then we'll take a preliminary walk around the facility in the hot spots that they say they have it, and we'll take some data from from, from there. EMF readings, you know, we'll take EVPs and stuff like that, just initial stuff. Um, and then we'll come back at night. The reason the night is chosen is because it's the least time where you're going to have false data. So, like, during the day, cars are driving around everywhere, okay. things like that in nature. So we end up choosing the night. That being said, there's also a just a historical, like, reference to, like, the witching hour. At a certain time of night, yeah. certain things tend to come. We don't know the exact reason why, but we know that the most data we've ever collected has been after dusk. Okay, now, isn't it true, since you said the witching hour, mm -hmm. isn't... And this, don't quote me on this, but I think I do remember reading somewhere, a reference to that, that usually the witching hour usually occurred anywhere between 12 and like 2 or 3 in the morning? Yes, correct. So like the official witching hour is around 3 o'clock. Um, but yes, it's basically after midnight that we're in the moon is highest in the, in the sky. Um, I guess this goes back to folklore. I, I assume it has to do with, like, you know, it, like the, what's it called? The um, legends of, like, were werewolves and stuff like Correct. that. All, all, all this late night stuff. Um, but the exact time, I believe, is, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, uh, 3.07 a.m. is considered to be the witching hour. That's about right. That's about right. Um, but here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the witching hour and you talk about all these different prefaces to that, mm -hmm. where, and believe me, I am a believer in Satan because I believe in this point, and I will argue with anybody about it. I believe in this reference that if there is a such thing as good, mm -hmm. there has to be a counterpart. Correct. Same thing as you believe in the Almighty. He has to have a counterpart. What is good without evil? So, where does Satan play a part in this? Because it's also tends to be referenced to around the same time frame. Correct. Three o'clock, three o seven. So, I'm, that's a really good question. Um, so, going back, kind of doing a little historical stuff. There was two uh, demonologists, parapsychologists that lived around. Uh, late 60s, early 70s, uh, by the name of Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're, they are super famous for um, their um, investigations. I mean, you have, like, uh, the Annabelle story. They investigated the doll. Uh, the movie The Conjuring is heavily based on a haunting in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Um, they also investigated um, the Amityville. So... 
I have references to that. Yeah, good. But um, I don't want to detour from this right now because. Yeah, of um, but I will on the next time we get together. Yeah. Um, next hour, next time, next yeah. week, whatever we get together, I will have that all set aside. Yeah. But in preparing for this, that name did come up. There's a couple that came up. Yeah. There were a couple. Mm -hmm. And they were referring to Annabelle. They also referred to a set of dolls. Mm -hmm. uh, not just Annabelle, but a set of dolls back. I guess back in the early Victorian days, mm -hmm. they were responsible for the so-called witching hour. That mm -hmm. they were like the demon dolls, the dolls that were set aside for some unknown reason, mm -hmm. um, and that anybody that uh, possessed that doll Correct. would be obsessed, or things would just go badly wrong. And right. from that point on, they got. Passed on from century to century. Yes. Now, I seen, I read part of it. I didn't get just read it all. So, how much of that is true, and how much of that is this fiction? So, um, it's it's interesting. So, the thing is, when when, when we deal with you know their particular um, career in this stuff, first of all, um, Ed Warren is at the time the only non-ordained demonologist that was recognized by the Catholic Church because he provided the most information and the most footage and stuff to get many exorcisms to be done. Plus he was a skeptic. Plus he was a skeptic. That was the biggest thing too. He never went in, in there and be like, oh, everything's going on. He, he, him and his wife would go and try to literally disprove everything. That's the basis of what I do in my ghost hunt. I want to find the most logical explanation for it. Until I exercise everything, I'm going to be a skeptic. Once I discover there's nothing left, then at that, that point, I start taking that data more seriously. So basically, yeah, we're actually talking basically Occam's razor. Yeah. Uh, if you want to say what Yeah. <laughs> um, if you rule out everything else, Al, what's real and what's there... Right. Has to be the truth. Yeah, I mean the the biggest misconception of just of everything is you you have to assume, like when going into the field of go go hunting, you have to assume that you don't know squat, that the world that you know, you don't know a complete world, because because okay. you got to think about it, you know, hearing a voice on a recording and not hear hearing it in real life is against the physics of, the physics of sound, like why didn't my eardrum vibrate? So everything that you're experiencing is not the norm, hence the paranormal normal term. It's something that you're not prepared, you know, mentally to process. And once you accept that you know nothing about the complete world, then you, you know, start to accept some of this data. You know, it, it's interesting. I went on my first uh, hunt. This was before we even built the thing. Actually, it was a little fun thing to do. Uh, I was at a plantation in Florida, um, a slave plantation in Florida, um, and we went to one of those little, um, you know, like, there's like the, that's not like a barn house, but like where they used to house the slaves. Yeah. Got the most readings out of that place, audios, crying, yelling, stuff like that from there. From that point on, hooked. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I was in this room, pitch black, nothing going on. I didn't hear nothing. It sounded like I was in an auditorium. That's how much audio I caught. Interesting. So it's interesting. And, and, and going back to your previous question, you asked, where does the devil fall into this? So we have class systems where we classify everything. And demonics and angelics fall in a classification. I believe that's a class five um, paranormal so, entity. Okay, so when you say class five. Yes. So the classification system, it goes from, we have what's called a residual ghost. That's a class one. So a residual ghost... First of all, the prerequisite for a ghost is it has, has to be the spirit of something that was once living. Right. A human or a dog or an animal, something of that, that, that nature. That's called a residual ghost. Okay. Um, second one is called an, 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 an interactive ghost. This one gets a little tricky. So an interactive ghost is a ghost. Um, it's interactive ghost or artificial ghost. It's a ghost that's created by the energy of beings. Okay. Great example, a seance. 
you create the energy necessary to manifest the spirit. That doesn't mean that the spirit is actually a ghost of a human. You could be bringing stuff in. I got a question about Ask that, away, too. Please. <laughs> but we go keep up, keep okay. up first. Fair enough. Uh, so a class three is a poltergeist. So a poltergeist is an in- interesting thing. Um, I called them mind-altering ghosts. So a poltergeist requires a lot of uh, electromagnetic energy to manifest itself. When you're exposed to that much en- 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 energy your- your- yourself, you start to kind of trip out. So you start experiencing and like hallucinating okay. in certain ways, in, in ways, shapes, 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 or forms. And, and a lot of the stuff that people experience with a poltergeist has a lot to do with your mind playing tricks on you because of the exposure of that electromagnetic frequency. Okay, so mm-hmm. so it's true, from what I understand about yeah. poltergeists, that they need or depend on real life Energy. Correct. So this is true of all things from categories uh, three and below. They require some sort of energy to manifest because they don't create their own. So you could be in a room, like let's say you're in a hunt, you could feel drained. They're stealing your ambient energy. Your batteries could die. Phones okay. could all die. That, that's why we try to li- limit the amount of electronics we bring into there. Because they're already going to start to drain our cameras. They're going to start to drain our... Oh, but you, you, you guys are bringing in cameras. Correct, correct. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this is why a lot of, of good footage is never caught. Okay. Because for it to manifest to that extent, yeah, it will literally try to drain everything. Yeah, to the thinking. point where it drains your energy. Or if you hit like a cold spot in the room, it's draining the ambient energy of the room. So all the heat's disappearing and you get a cold spot. So it's 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 weird. It all it all kind of kind of works together. So, uh, question you about that? Yeah, but man. here's the thing. And basically, you just said it, but I just want to rephrase that. Yeah. Uh, so let's say that you go into a known place that's known to be haunted. Right. Now. Based on what you just said, and based on what I know, mm-hmm. when you start bringing equipment of that nature into a hot spot, correct? Aren't you kind of asking or yeah. triggering and saying, "Hey, it's true." So come to get us. Yeah. So it's true. So there, there is a lot. And again, that's kind of the idea. We want to get them out if they're really there. This should be created. So we actually bring in other things aside from cameras and voice recorders and and things of that nature. We we bring certain things that we call tokens, things that kind of like yeah. feed them. Like, hey, move this ball. Hey, push this bell. Do this and that. Um, we use a thing called a laser grid, which will create like a little like multi dot matrix laser on, on right. the wall I've seen that with to see if the end entity will manipulate the, the lights. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. So we do bring a lot of things. We have a thing called a spirit box. Um, and it's essentially, it's a box that continually channels through FM signals. Okay. And essentially, as it's continually uh, channeling, the spirit is actually able to try to form words okay. through the interference. It's interesting. Because it's, it's continually randomly going. And then the way we know we, we captured something is when you get a phrase or a short sentence out, out, out of it. Because that should be impossible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keeping with that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, since we, ta- we were just talking about that today, Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> Fact of fiction. Is there really a ghost trap? So I no, no. Um, so the the reason okay so the reason I chose Ghostbusters as one of my first things to talk about is because there as silly and as outlandish as the movie is that's pretty good there's a lot of science that they talk about so some data that we have collected and what how like our EMF detector works is we know through experience that paranormal entities e- emit. A negative electromagnetic field. Right. Um, so Ghostbusters took that kind of a step further, and they utilized that information 
And think about mag magnets, opposites attract. Right. So all their equipment is positively charged protons. The proton pack. The ghost trap has a proton uh, grid that comes right. out with like a laser containment, blah, blah, blah. This is all science that doesn't exist, but the science behind it is sound. Okay. Yeah. Now, as far as proton beams and yeah. things of that nature, I agree with you. I mean, I, yeah. if it's somebody, sound science. Yeah, but if somebody's out there walking around with one of those. You're going to be arrested. <laughs> like immediately. Well, well not, not only that, um, the idea is releasing one of those in a community. Yeah. You're not only going to blow yourself up. Correct. You're going to create like a miniature nuclear warhead? Yeah, so basically, yeah, the proton pack in, in the film is nuclear powered. All right, let me ask you this. For that type of energy. Mm -hmm. In the near future. Yes. Because I've always been under the perception of this. And until somebody actually can really prove me wrong, mm -hmm. I believe in that perception. Mm -hmm. If you can think it, you can create it mm -hmm. on fiction or not. Yeah. On a big screen in a yeah. TV production. I have always been under this belief. Somewhere, yeah. somehow, there is a miniature format model of something that comes close to it. Correct. So if, my sorry. So my question is, in the near future, not too near future. Can you see that actually being... I mean, if anything, they've taken inspiration from it. Because even though, again, silly film, the, the gadgets have pretty sound technology. Just because the technology didn't exist then doesn't mean we're not approaching that technology soon. So I can see someone, you know, trying to create a similar thing. That being said, we in, in the movie, they have a lot of ghost encounters. That's, okay... In the in that two hour bracket, they see a lot of ghosts. Yeah. It's not like that in real life. <laughs> you know, you're more than likely going to hit hit the spot where the sound you are you are hearing is the floorboards creaking in the attic. You know, it's it's okay. Yeah, that might be true, but mm -hmm. the ghost, uh, the head ghost in the original mm -hmm. um, Dagon, uh, Gozer, Gozer, Gozer. Mm -hmm. I. Out of curiosity, that goes up our classification and reference that. Mm -hmm. It might have been made for the movies, you know, comedy, relief, whatever. But there's always been a mention of Gozer, mm -hmm. even as far back as the early 1300s or mm -hmm. even below that. Before, I mean, for that back then. Yeah. So. What we did was we took stuff from early Victorian ages mm -hmm. and we bought it forward to that time period. Correct. So, I have always wondered what happens if there's actually some evil demon or demonology out there roaming around and watching all this crap. Yeah. And one day decides, uh, like, okay, you know yeah. what? Y'all had enough fun? Guess what? Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. And we're not prepared for that. No, and exactly. And the thing is, too, is there's, again, in in the film, you know, there is a run-up of time. They don't really give, give you the accurate time frame. No. But there's a run-up of time as these things start getting more and more, you know, pertinent. So, like, the, the, the manifestation they witnessed in the library, for example, in the beginning of the film. Yeah. That would take so much energy to manifest a full torso apparition. So much energy. Dude, the lights in that library should have been going, going off. Like, that's how much energy it would take. But that being said, I mean, in the film, they're approaching that like it's like an end-of-day scenario. You know, and then you get to the the, the biblical. You, you think okay. about that. Yeah, Dead I rise mean, from, from the grave. I mean, that's well, a thing. I mean, you know. Yeah. Some of the stuff from early... And, and there's actually a scene in Ghostbusters where Winston um, is driving yeah. with with Ray and he references He's like, he references he's like all this stuff going down. In a day. like, don't you think... I mean, this is the end of days. I mean... I mean, think about it. Skies turn black as sack, sackcloth. If you, you read know. any of the stuff from Revelations... Yeah. There's a lot of stuff Correct. that's referenced to Revelation. Correct. That now, scenario is very possible. The scenario is possible. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I don't know if we're going to be seeing uh, Stage Puff, what is it? Stay Stay Puff, Puff Marshmallow, Marshmallow Man <laughs> as a uh, demon as that's the ender coming of the, the, yeah, in the days destroy the world type of thing now. Yeah. I mean. But a great, I, a great beast could arise. Yeah. Somehow I just don't see Stay Puff Marshmallow Man Definitely being Marshmallow Man. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, hey, anybody got some matches? Yeah, exactly. Just like hey, this dude like this dude up. <laughs> but. That's it for this segment. Yeah. Um, I want to come back and just finish the segment off yeah. with a couple of things. Um, your experience, your history, mm-hmm. uh, your education, mm-hmm. and what we're going to look forward to in, the, in this season coming up. Yeah. And one thing I do want to talk about, because I'm a Supernatural fan. Yeah. There's some things in there, true... Oh, false. I want to talk to you about. Okay. This is G.E. Shaw, and this is Mixar Radio 24-7 with Nico Fontaine. Are you an independent musician? How would you like to have your songs played on hundreds of radio stations just like the one you're listening to right now? Join MusicSubmit.com, and we'll promote your music to radio stations and blogs in your genre. It's free to set up your account and we guarantee your music will be considered for airplay by radio stations worldwide. Why not sign up today? It's free. MusicSubmit.com, radio promotion for indie musicians. This episode of Ghosts Etc. is brought to you in part by SIME Mixler Radio, 24-7 streaming on Spreaker.com. Join host and friend G.E. Shaw as he talks about social issues, current events, and delivers some of the best music from local unsigned talents. Once again, check out SIME Mixler Radio on Spreaker. Well, this is G.E. Shaw, Mixler Radio 24-7. And guess what? I'm back. And so is Mr. Nico Fontaine. So, Nick, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier, there's a couple of things I want to get from you um, as a backdrop to one of the reasons we picked you up on our show, yeah. number one. Number two, why I think you are a good individual and a host and I'm not going to say product sound like some kind of package yeah. but <laughs> I'm a little package <laughs> but uh, where I think this show is going to go in the near future uh, number one you said you had at least 10 years experience mm-hmm. now is this 10 years validated I mean like in the field type of experience or is this education too so there's there's a combination so like obviously when we initially started we were just kind of a bunch of kids that bought some stuff on Amazon you know some tools on Amazon and went out there to try to do do stuff but then as we're coming across things and, and things that we didn't fully understand we all kind of took it upon ourselves to study some stuff so I went ahead and studied a few things in parapsychology studied a few things in metaphysics and then of course a little bit of demonology um, I personally like to dabble in anything to anything demonic I leave that for the professionals uh, but anything between a class three and below I totally want to check out so like again that that being residual ghosts uh, um, artificial ghosts or the poltergeist so you have never you and your friends mm-hmm. as as of right now yeah have never ventured above a three class didn't say that we've witnessed it <laughs> we uh at but you that never point, actually went speaking it no, we, we didn't. I mean, okay. we've, we've gone to uh, certain investigations and had come to the realization that we were dealing, dealing with something outside of our pay grade. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, legitimately contact, uh, you know, someone of better experience in that field. Okay. Because um, it's really sticky territory, man. Yeah. So. It's dangerous. I think you might have said it, but I am want to go over this one more time. Yeah. I'm assuming class five, which is the highest you can go, is dealing with someone you really don't want to meet. So yeah, class fours and class fives deal with like angelics, demonics, you people know, you like really that. don't want to yeah. deal and, with. And the way the scale really works, which is kind of funny, is the lower the number on the scale, the more likely you are to experience it. The higher the num- 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 number on the scale, the the least likely you are to see them. Okay, so and then of course the danger level goes up as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm walking down the alley and I see some glowing reddish eyes, 
I might want to go the opposite direction. Go I, don't think, yeah. I don't think I really want to investigate that. <laughs> exactly. But in saying that, Amityville Horror. Yes. Real oh, fact that's, so, Yeah, so that story is based on um, an actual event. Uh, that's documented. And again, it goes back to Ed and Lorraine uh, Warren. Right. They investigated that they investigated as that. well. Um, so that story, though, you know, dramatized a lot for film. Yeah. If you read the book about it, it's really in depth and yeah, um, more grounded. Okay. I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Shoot it. I know this is gonna be way out in the left field. Manson. Charles Manson. Yeah. I mean, he is just a crazy individual. <laughs> but do you, are you asking, do I think, was, was, was he possessed or like... Was he possessed or was he somebody that really dabbled in the higher levels? In like a cult, stuff yeah. like that? Um, again, that's speculation. There's no documents of it. No one has investigated it. Um, he was able to, to wrangle up a, a huge following. Um, and... My my issue with that is, I, I feel like he was just able to find the people that were kind of weak willed and looking for an answer, and he provided. He was, I think, he's a very smart man. Um, and some course, people would deny that. Some yeah. people would sit there and fight you with that one. Yeah, I'm saying that you got to think about it, though. He's very he was intelligent enough to manipulate a band of human beings. Well, so here's the thing. Um, I read Helter Skelter. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my thoughts on it, too. I'm going to use that for a future time. Yeah. But I will say this. I agree with you in one pers- perspective. And I have always said that people look at me like, Ah, oh, you crazy, you idiot. Mm-hmm. I do believe, even as psychotic as he is, yeah. and was, that is, mm-hmm. he was inter- intellectual. Yeah. Very smart. He was probably well-spoken. He was probably, you know, very quick-witted. Stuff like that. So, like, he was able to create a religion. Yeah. And a follow-up But see, here's the thing. To back it up. I don't know when that you heard this or not. But one of the things that was mentioned in Manson in Helter Skelter, the book, I call it his autobiography, was the fact that his whole perception, this is where the intellect comes in, excuse me, was the fact that he believed that the perspective of the domineering race was not Caucasian. Mm-hmm. He felt it was minorities, people of dark skin, African Americans, you know, people mm-hmm. of that nature. Not I'm trying to go out there on this racist type, mm-hmm. you know, vengeance here. But his whole philosophy was based on one thing. If I can figure out a way to remove the majority, which when we look at the majority as being the dominant race, it would be the Caucasian, you know, Anglo-Saxon, from the face of this earth, mm-hmm. then I would have complete power and control because I should be able to become their strong leader and their leadership. And being that the minority were a strong, dominant race, have control with this. Mm-hmm. But it goes even deeper than that because he talked about demonology in there. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason I bought that question up to yeah, you. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I mean, he may have been uh, messing around and speaking to the other side. I mean, that's, you know, crack out a Ouija board, you open the gate. You know, he may have been seeking guidance from, you know, the wrong side. You had to bring it to Ouija board. I had to bring it to Ouija board, man. Those <laughs> now, are- that's my <laughs> next See, I was going to use that for next week, but no. hey, you had to bring it up. I had to bring it up, Ouija so, I'm not going to ask you this one question about the Ouija board. Yeah. I don't mess with it myself. Mm-hmm. It's just something about having four or five individuals together and asking the board to walk across the mm-hmm. board, giving you names and things of that nature. Whether or not it's fake or not, or whether or not somebody's controlling the board or not. Yeah. Something like that tends to kind of rub me the wrong way. Yeah. Go back to the same philosophy. If, you know, you should let laying dollars lie. Yeah. Why do I want to even entertain that? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I mean, people assume that when you use a Ouija board, 
that you're speaking to ghosts and that's not what it's designed its initial design was, was was for. Now that being said, you can buy a Parker Brothers Ouija board in the store. It's not the same thing. Um, but if you can go, I mean, you can go to a thrift shop and and like an, an antique store and actually get an actual okay. wooden carved Ouija board. Now, mm-hmm. that's the first time I heard that one. So, yeah. okay, let me get this straight. Antique Ouija boards. Yeah. Parker Brothers Ouija boards. Yeah. They're not the same. But now, no, I mean, there is, there is a thing. So it depends. So, like, if you already have a demonic in your home or in the place you're doing it, as weak or as strong as it may, may be, you're basically providing it a token. You're giving it something to communicate right. with. Um, the thing is, is with classic Ouija boards, like original, like, you know, witchcraft seance yeah, yeah. Uh, type Ouija boards, they're made out of a special kind of wood. They're blessed okay. in a certain way to kind of create this like vortex opening for the thing. Okay. The biggest issue and where people usually face this kind of stuff is there is there's certain steps to initiate and end the Ouija conversation. Yeah, that's the question. If you don't do these steps and say the certain whatever, you can leave a gate open. So you do believe in that aspect of it? I've seen it. I've seen a Ouija board. Okay. I've never participated in that because I don't want... Because demonics can latch on to an individual. Yeah. Um, and, right. you know, I might be more susceptible than most to that. Yeah, we get to that in yeah. just one minute. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with what you're mm-hmm. saying, something about the fact that uh, you have to, I know, asking hello, goodbye, whatever. Correct. But I guess, to me, the most important aspect would be the ending of it, where you right. have to, before you leave, people will freak out and leave. Yeah, but they you, have to, end you have, to have to end it by everyone saying goodbye. Has to be here and be like, you know, da da da. We, you know, circle around for every person yeah. in, in the room. So you say something and actually say good, good, good goodbye. Yeah, or else you leave the gateway open. So just not saying goodbye really does leave a gateway open. Correct. I mean, and that being said, that though, if the demonic was already there, you didn't do anything else but give it a voice. And Something you basically can give it strength too. Because think about this: these four people in the real room now. There's energy to draw from. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. So that energy of whether it be that a seance or whatever, that energy is drawing from now is now giving it strength. Okay. Um, so yeah. the Parker brother Ouija board. Yeah. Let me ask you this question: This might not be as strong as a, a classic Ouija board. Yeah. But. If you're using a Ouija board yeah. for the wrong purpose yes. and for the wrong reasons, yes. couldn't that be enough to institute or at least bring forward a powerful force that can actually, as wicked may me be, mm-hmm. take over that board and take over whoever's there? Yeah, there's the possibility. So, like, people out there can research a way to turn that toy Ouija board into an actual with the proper, you know, incantations, exactly. So, I mean, you can literally write the letters on a piece of paper and if you put the incantation on it, it becomes a thing. Okay. You know what I mean? So, it's like, again, not something I like to mess with. Uh, Again, I'm more susceptible to stuff. Um, and we'll explain that later. I'm sure you'll you'll, yeah. you'll prompt me that question. Um, oh, believe me. Oh, yeah, they're coming up. <laughs> we, we're going into the world of the paranormal. The right world now. of the paranormal. I got the right guy. One more question, yeah. and that would probably be the end of this. Okay. Your ordained minister. Yes. And and talking to you previously outside the show, mm-hmm. you have said that as an ordained minister. When you go on some of these uh, investigations, mm-hmm. they tend to love to talk to you. They gravitate to me, um, and this is literally so. I so going into that, I am not like an online ordained minister. I've actually, you know, I was raised Catholic yeah. and have gone gone through all the, all the things that would qualify me: yeah. baptized, con- con- confirmations, yeah. all those things. Um, so yes, once I went through that. Um, I've noticed a spike in interaction. So, and not necessarily in the ghost department, but I've been able to sense 
things and feel things and be almost like targeted with other things. That's why I can identify a demonic like that. And then Wouldn't it be kind of creepy? What? It is. I mean... The, so it, it is. So I, that, that's a really good question. So I mean, you're initially... You're going to some of these places that my hairs would probably be jumping up on my yeah, skin. Yeah, dude. So stuff I've seen um, is pretty intense. Um, nothing like crazy like demons coming out of the wall. Not that crazy stuff like that. But things happening in the room that are unexplained. Okay. Chair flying at me. Unexplained. There's no reason the chair should fly at me. Now... According to ghost hunters, ghost hunters, a chair could move because the building is old. Correct, but it did, never goes air, airborne. Oh, there's yeah. a difference there. So yeah, it's a... sliding or it kind of like a ball rolling on the table. It's a different see, story. Yeah, but see, here's the thing: I have a mm-hmm. problem with that. Mm-hmm. They can explain that away, you know, ball rolling all that. Correct, but. How can you explain a chair moving across the floor on a carpet that's pretty, I'm not talking about one of those surface carpets, one of those deep, like a deep fluffy carpet, like a shag rug. You can explain a lot of things away, alright? It's kind of hard for me to believe that you can explain away something like that, especially if the surface itself is pretty solid. Has not been disturbed. Right. And that's a big thing. I mean, with, you know, how far it moved. Like you said, you took into consideration, this is what we, we do in the field. We take into consideration physics. Like, that should not, even if the room is swaying, yeah. the chair shouldn't move. If a door opens due to a draft, it shouldn't close again. Because the draft is one direction. Yeah. So it's like you have to take these into consideration. So, using common sense, we try to explain the non-common sensible. Like, it's weird. Okay. Yeah. Here's my last question. Yeah, I swear. How do I want to answer, uh, propose this question? Okay. Let's go back to the witching hour, or the, or the so-called gap within the witching hour. Mm-hmm. Have you ever... And the only reason I'm asking that, because... I always think I'm experiencing something that's not really there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know. I, especially if you're coming from a skeptic like me. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's been times, you know, I can be sitting here watching TV. Be, and I usually have all my house lights off anyway. Mm-hmm. And just out of the corner of my proprial. I mean, it's not a, it's not a person per se. But it's like, you can see this little white... I'm not talking. I know you're gonna say it could be some dust, sparkling, no, little dust, little little lint. And I could explain it. But if it's lint, that's some pretty strong lint. Yeah. You know, floating past here. You know, and then when I look, it's not there. Correct. So this this kind of goes into this again. I'm not a medical professional, but um, through studies. Um, done in independent studies done by parapsychologists they have come to the conclusion that the human body we are designed with fail safes um and i'll kind of explain that so if your body or heart cannot take a certain thing your eyes and your ears will omit it so like instead of like how can i explain this so the thing you saw in the corner of your eye, you probably did see. And then your body's like, to keep the body from going into shock, we're going to say it's not there. And your body has the ability to um, essentially choose what it wants to see and what it wants to hear. The reason this has been semi-proved is they went through hypnosis and the person had those things taken off. Like, they removed the barriers. Right. And were put in a similar scenario again and they saw or witnessed it type of thing. So it's it's an interesting thing. Our body's natural defense system is to protect ourselves. If, you, if you're if you stranded on an island, you all of a sudden will learn how to hunt. You'll learn how to... You know what I mean? Like, but it's that, one of those things. It becomes a, a thing. It, it's your body adapts to the yeah, scenario. Yeah, but I can so also go... Mm-hmm. I can also go with the... With the so-called natural... Survivor Darwinism yeah. type 
you know, when you are backed up in the corner yeah. or or you have no choice, you become... Right. Well, you get the fight-or-flight response. Yeah, you, yeah, so yeah. the fight-or-flight response is very similar You to become that. that you know? So you can basically... I could even chalk it up to the fact that, do you want to see it? That's the thing. It's like, do you want... Like, you're sitting here, like you said, all your lights are off. And you're alone in the room. And, I see, but this and you the first see time. something. Yeah. I see stuff like that all I'm the saying, time. Hey, that's fine. You see something. It's really internally, do I want to see what I just saw? Okay. And your body kind of makes that decision. I have one other question. That's I know I said that I didn't want to, but no, dude. this is my last question. Shoot, whatever. Do you believe in witches? Yes, that is a class six. So you... Wait, wait. There, we go up to class oh, hold, sevens. Hold, 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 Yeah, there's hold, up to class sevens. Hold, hold. So there are witches, war, warlocks. Those uh, fall un, under no, no, that category. No, I got, I got that. Mm -hmm. But you're rating witches and warlocks because remember above Satan. Correct, because they're less, they're they're less witnessed. In other words, like there's witches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you, you know what I mean? Like, there's, okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The scale has nothing to do. I mean, that being said, you got to think about it. Witches. Yeah. Okay. And warlocks can utilize demonics. Right. If you can control the demonic, it puts you above it. Okay. We know Satan is the most powerful entity out there. Correct. But he is less seen. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh. Okay. You okay. Get, you get what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, they're uh, not higher up in the scale. So the, the uh, scale has nothing to do with intensity. It's just it's more of a, you know, yeah. Okay. So here's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Next program, I want to talk a little bit more about a couple of shows. Hmm? One's called Charm, mm -hmm. which I do love. It's a good show. And I do watch it. It's a good show. Okay, so I'm going to let you know that. Fair enough. And the other thing is, I can't, uh, The Grudge. The movie The Grudge, yeah. I want to talk about both of those and get into some detail about that. And what else we can think about? Yeah. Okay? I got it. All right. Sounds, this, sounds good to me. This is G.E. Shaw. And this is S-I-M-E Mixer Radio 24-7 with Nico Fontaine, the newest host on the newest network radio. We're coming for you, folks. We really are. Have a good evening. And this is G.E. Shaw. Just letting you know. We'll be back every week with the world of the paranormal with Nico Fontaine. Until then, I will see you next week. Jeremy Blake, Heaven and Hell.